Rational discussion, common sense, open debate. RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. Now, if I go into the Wikipedia page concerning this man, I'm told he's an American entrepreneur. He started several companies and was one of the two people who independently invented the optical mouse. There's a, there's a, a clue. He has been both a philanthropic supporter of medical research, and here we go, and a promoter of misinformation, misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines. He is Steve Kirsch. And Steve, beaming in from California, it's great to have you on our Reality Check Radio breakfast show. Welcome. Thanks, Paul. It's, it's, it's good to be here. You know, last time I was on Sean Plunkett's show, and I wasn't able to get a word in edgewise because he kept talking over me. So I think I may have a better chance uh, with you than I did with Sean. Okay. Noted. Yeah. I was in the other room <laughs> when that happened. So that was, that was quite brutal actually, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, he, he just doesn't want to see any of the data or listen to any of the data. That's all. That's his, that's just his problem. He's uh He's just caught up in the narrative and doesn't want to look at the underlying data. Seems to be a, a, a problem, though, with other people as well. It's not just unique to Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Have you given that much thought as to why there's such resistance to hear any other issue, any other thing? You know, data is important, follow the science and all of that. But this thing, it's like fingers in the ear screaming so you can't hear what the person's yeah. saying. Yeah. It, you know, it's. You know, I think it's just because the people have been tra- trained to respect authority and believe that the government is out to protect them and the role of government is to serve the people and the government would never do anything that would cause harm to the population. And and so when you start saying that, you know, it's a little bit like the emperor has no clothes kind of thing you're uh, you're ignored because that just sounds too hard to believe. It would be like, it'd be the equivalent of me saying, hey, uh, Paul, the earth is flat and I want to show you. You probably aren't going to give me the time of day. And so that's kind of why these people don't want to even go there because the uh, the the proposition that the uh, the government could be misleading us is just too ridiculous to even contemplate, and so people don't want to listen to you. Is you know that the analogy about my saying, "Oh, the Earth is flat, Paul. Let's have a one-hour discussion about it, and let me show you the data." Like most people wouldn't be very interested in that, and so it's it's really the same sort of thing. But that makes it easier. Uh, for people on our side to understand why these people are uh, hesitant <laughs> to, yeah, it's a, uh, to, it's a, to it's a kind word <laughs> to, to evaluate, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> to but you know, lives data. depend on it. You'd think that uh, self-preservation and the survival oh, yeah. instinct would would override that, right? But they're they are told that that people like me are just misinformation spreaders, and the best thing to do is to ignore them, and so. Their, their minds are conditioned by people that they trust to say that, oh, you shouldn't listen to anything because he's just trying to fool you. He's, you know, he's got some sort of ulterior motive 
And he's just trying to fool you by showing you the data, by showing you the Medicare data, for example. (laughs) And he can validate the Medicare data yourself if you have access to it. And isn't it funny, though, that the government, you know, I was just talking earlier. I said, look, you know, the government should make this the public data that they have, like the death records and all that public. So you should, when someone dies, you should be able to see when they were vaccinated and with what vaccine and when, right? So not just for the COVID vaccine, but for any vaccine, you know, at least in the last three, four five years, uh, you know, so we can, everybody could do medical research and, you know, there's no reason to have it hidden. You know, when someone dies, just let's just make the death certificates all public, publicly searchable and let's add the vaccination records too. And, and maybe we can add some other, uh, things that they got that wouldn't uh, that people wouldn't object to, but yeah, we could start with the vaccination. And the thing that the thing that's interesting, and, and they, they said this, that, you know, this, that the government actually doesn't want to, to uh, produce these records. And, and I said, how do you know that? Uh, and the person I was talking to said, well, if they wanted people to see the data, they would have shown people the data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the data in the VSD database and the best database were all favorable for the vaccine and the Medicare database too, if the data in all of these databases were favorable to the vaccine, the government would be producing it. I'd be crowing from from the rooftops, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and if they ever found like a nursing home where when they gave the vaccine, the all-cause mortality went down, or a funeral home where after the vaccines rolled out that the mortality rates went down, like they would be, they would be advertising that. Hey, look, at XYZ Mortuary, (laughs) The the rates went down by 25% after the vaccines rolled out. But the problem that they have is that they can't find any success examples. They can't find any funeral homes where the rates went down. Can't find any nursing homes where the rates went down. Can't find any cardiologists who are seeing fewer cases of myocarditis after the vaccines rolled out. There are no success examples. And I ask doctors all the time, I, I was... When I was doing Twitter spaces, I would ask the pro-vax doctors all the time. I said, hey, look, I can give you guys plenty of nursing homes, geriatric practices, funeral homes, cardiologists, where the rates went up after the vaccine. So can you name one where the vaccines (laughs) went down? And they can't. So I am classified as a misinformation spreader because I ask questions like, hey, if the, if the, the vaccine is so good, how come you're not showing us the data? You know, it's, it's like, you know, questions like that. And that's, that's why they call me a misinformation spreader and says, you, you shouldn't listen to people like me because I ask questions like common no, no. sense questions, critical thinking questions. Like, naughty, naughty. <laughs> yes. You know, hey, if the if the vaccines work so well, how come not a single, not a single vaccine manufacturer is 
asking any government in the world to release the data, the government data on deaths and vaccination rates. Isn't that weird, right? All these guys with a safe and effective vaccine. Like, there's so much vaccine hesitancy. Why isn't Moderna or Pfizer asking the New Zealand government, hey, if you want to get any more vaccine from us, you guys are going to have to release the government data showing how great this stuff, this vaccine is working. <laughs> oh, man, that'll be the day. I'm like looking forward to that day. It's never going to happen. And the reason, of course, it's never going to happen is because the data shows that these vaccines are horrible. Mm. They knew. They clearly knew and they know and they've got something to hide. And what yeah, or hiding, they don't want to know. Or they don't want to know. In a lot of cases, they don't really, want to know. Really? They don't want to know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, look, if there, there are these, the, these lawmakers and politicians, they're the ones who put in the members of the mainstream media. They're the people who push this. So do they really want to know what's going on? No, 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 I don't think so. Right? Because... It could only work against them, right? This is why you Rasmussen, for example, Rasmussen Reports released their, their most important survey ever, just recently. Most important survey ever in their entire history. And you know what? The mainstream media completely ignored it. They got like 20,000 views on their Twitter post about the most important survey that was ever done. And the reason for that is the most important survey they've ever done showed the vaccine has killed as many people as COVID has. In other words, the cure, in fact, was worse than the disease in this case. Now, their numbers are comparable, but the thing is that they asked people, hey, how many people do you think were killed by the vaccine? Not how many people were really killed by the vaccine? Because people are then asked to make a, an assessment. And most people aren't able to assess a vaccine death that occurs more than a few days after they got the shot. So if you die from a heart attack three months after the shot, yeah, people aren't going to necessarily connect that with the vaccine because they haven't seen the microscopy or the, the pathology or the histopathology that was done in the autopsy. And likely because there was never an autopsy done. And even if there's an autopsy done, they always take tissue samples, but it's not necessarily the case where they create slides. And in order to really pinpoint the vaccine, you have to do these specialized stains. And there are a few of them that you do in order to assess whether or not the person died from the vaccine. Uh, so none of these, none of these uh, uh, medical examiners or pathologists are doing the right tests. So nobody knows. So the number, uh, but if you, if you die from COVID, hey, that's, that's like instant, right? Uh, that's easy. Uh, you die Even from if the it vaccine. was in a car crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, they'll put it down as a COVID death. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll run... Um, uh, they'll they'll run your uh, samples and uh, to see if you had COVID. <laughs> it's just because uh, they get uh, in the U.S. they get extra reimbursement. I don't know what the deal is in in New Zealand. 
Uh, okay, so you, you're talking about. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's pretty clear that the, the vaccine has killed more people than COVID has. I'm just trying to imagine what goes on in a newsroom then, in a news, you know, mainstream media newsroom, because I've worked in them over the years. And, you know, if you've got a big story, <laughs> you know, pe- people come alive, it's electric and, and, and they go, you know, they, they, they deploy. Everyone goes yeah. and chases uh, all the animals. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you would think somebody at the New York Times or Washington Post or. So they must be sitting down and making willful decisions to not follow a news story. Or is it yeah. even more weird yeah. than that? Do you think? Well, it's it's like I think a, most of these people are are just totally, you know, it's like your friends, right? Most of my friends or most of my former friends. Uh, yeah, that's a good believe point. The, 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 the believed, currently believe that the vaccines are safe and effective and the government is doing the right thing and, and everybody should get the shot, right? And these people are lining up to get the boosters, maybe not so much anymore, but they're, they, they still think the vaccine program was saving lives. And, you know, you have these celebrities that go on and they're they're saying, oh, you know, all the vaccines have saved 10 million lives. There's there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. The data that it just doesn't say there's there's no way. Um, <laughs> like, hey, if that were really the case, how come you can't find an anecdote? You know, people say, oh, that's just an anecdote. Well, look, if you're really saving 10 million lives, there gotta be a lot of anecdotes out there. Yeah, right? you, you nursing you, homes lining right? up everywhere. It's like, you know, that's what common sense says. I mean, there's just no way you can save 10 million lives and not have a single success story. You know, something's wrong here. And the fact that you don't can't find a success story. uh, I mean, like, Paul, do you know of a success story in New Zealand? No. For a nursing home where the all-cost mortality went down. Uh, all home. I know is the opposite Funeral amongst, my, amongst yeah. my friend group. Uh, three dead. Yeah, no, weird. 15 yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Still can't find it. I'm still waiting. <laughs> still waiting for that person. Like none of these docs. When I bring it up on these Twitter spaces and I say, okay. And then there are a lot of, there got to be a lot more anecdotes. Like you ought to be able to name like 10 times as many anecdotes for every anecdote that I give you. And then they want to change the topic and talk about something else. The weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, here's what a lot of people, and including myself, are wondering, because th- that messaging was so effective. It was like there was an anticipation or an analysis of, of the psychology that could be involved here, and it was kind of tailor-made to fit that. Is that planning, or is that just once you've decided, you know, before the whole thing, or is that is something that you do when you've decided to go with something, you must be anticipating potential pushback. The fear is ramped up. And it seems to have been the same story across quite a few different like countries. Let's put it that way. I call them the five eyes of which you and, and our country are a member. So do you think it was by design or it kind of picked up its own energy snowball and what we've seen was a predictable consequence of the speed. But what do, what do you make of warp speed and Trump, by the way? Yeah. Because well, he was supposed to be the smartest guy in the room, right? Uh, 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 Trump? <laughs> That's what I keep telling telling us, uh, though he, oh, the genius my. didn't seem to apply to this. Yeah. Uh, well, look, 
uh, I think Trump was hoping that whoops that, that warp speed was uh, uh, the vaccine would save lives and he would be trumpeted <laughs> as a yeah. hero because he was he spearheaded warp speed and got these vaccines into people's veins at at record speed and yeah, we had to cut a few corners when we did that like in the US um I talked to someone who worked in the Pfizer factory and they said that there was no QA they got they got the stuff in from China they shipped it out and they didn't do any QA and of course the CDC is not doing any QA on this stuff and then they make it illegal for anyone to look in the vials so but the what when you do look in the vials uh, you find that uh, there's a lot of unexpected stuff in there. And there were eight files uh, uh, that I read about recently, and all eight, eight out of eight would have failed a quality control inspection. But hey, you know, who cares? Because the government's not liable for this. <laughs> if you get sick or die, you're liable. It's not the government's <laughs> fault. It's on you. So, so yeah, so look, why would they QA it? There's there's absolutely no incentive. It just adds to cost. Yeah, but the train wreck that could ensue could, you know, end careers and have people locked up potentially. You'd think that would be... Nah, nah they got that liability protection. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. back to that question before I went Safe to Trump. and effective. Well, well, yeah, say, don't say that. Um, back to the point about the kind of management of the messaging already locked and loaded, good to go. And it seemed to anticipate sort of any human reaction that could occur. Is that incredible military-grade planning, or is that just what happens when something like this rolls out and gets its own energy and speed? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that the people doing this are drinking the Kool-Aid and they really believe that this stuff works and the government isn't lying to them. It's just like, you know, most of my former friends. Uh, I went with a group of people and we went to CDC headquarters and we started talking to people. We talked to the guards. We talked to CDC employees. We just like strike up a casual conversation. We don't go in and say, hi, we're misinformation spreaders. Will you talk to us? We kind of like play like, hey, you know, what do you think of the vaccine? You know, we play dumb. And uh, now, you know, these people are like, yeah, I got the shot and uh, um, no reservations and didn't have any side effects and blah, blah, blah. I mean, these people are just drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Because... If they were critical thinkers, they wouldn't be working at the CDC. It's like self-selection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I think you've so, um, so there, there's not conspiracy. There, there's not this massive conspiracy to kill people. It's just that people believe and they want to believe, right? Because the people were told by Fauci, who was supposed to be the expert. And Fauci said, look, the only way we get out of this virus thing is the vaccine. So it's got to work. And so everybody's pulling for the vaccine. And when the vaccine kills people, people just look the other way because they're told it's safe and effective. And that that was that death was just an anecdote. So so here's a, a great story. I talked to a funeral director in 
um, one of our southern southern states. And this funeral home does 3,000 funerals a year. I mean, it is huge, right? They have all sorts of locations. And I talked to the owner and the owner told me, uh, and she said, hey, you know, in 78 years, we've never had a 15-year-old die from a heart attack. Wow. Until, yeah. until just recently. And she said, you know, I remember back in December 2022, which was not that long ago, we had one 15-year-old a week dying from a heart attack for three weeks straight. And I said, well, how many do you remember from, you know, last 78 years? She says, I can't even think of one. But I, but she said, I remember it because it was so striking to me. See, these, I mean, like these people aren't taking stats like they, like like I would. I mean, they're, they're not writing down, oh, 15-year-old heart attack, blah, blah, blah. So they just remember the things that really stick out as being anomalies. And that's a pretty good anecdote. In 78 years, never had a 15-year-old die from a heart attack. But <laughs> less in December, one a week for three weeks straight. I mean, how do you explain that? And so what did the authorities, what does Sean Plunkett say about that? <laughs> it's just a dead reckon, Steve. It's just a dead reckon. Um, a dead reckon. What, is, what does that mean? I think it's a navigation term. When you dead reckon your position, you, you, you sort of think you know where you yeah. are, but you hope for the best, right? You hope that you'll, you'll find that tiny island in the, in the middle of the Pacific. Um, you mentioned Fauci, and I want to get on to, we call it propaganda, I think you and I would agree, behind all of this. He was the guy who said, I am the science. I've got that quote right, haven't I? I am the science. And, yeah. and another part of the pushback when you're trying to talk about this with ex-friends usually is that, you know, there's this huge, incredible belief in science, yet they kind of don't even understand what science is. That's been revealed to me. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. Uh, you know, science isn't what Fauci says. Science is about fitting data to hypotheses. That is fundamentally what science is about. And if Tony Fauci really respected science, then he would demand that these states release the death vax records for anyone who died. Because, you know, science relies first on data. And so let's get the data out there so everybody can see it. Right now, we don't get to see the data. The data is kept under lock and key. And only the, quote, good guys, the government gets to see it. And, hey, if it's favorable, then we'll show you the little snippet that was favorable. We'll show you the little anecdote that was favorable. But we won't let you see the whole thing. So anybody who's actually for science, the first thing you want to do is you want to make the public health data public. You don't want to hide it. And I went to New Zealand via email, and I talked to the New Zealand health authorities and said, hey, 
why don't you guys make the health data public for people who died? And they said, well, that would be a privacy violation. And I said, oh, okay, but you can obfuscate the data. You don't have to give the person's name and you can give a five-year range for their birthday, for their birth year. You don't even have to give their birthday. So nobody's going to know who it was. And then you just tell, tell us when they were last faxed. And then they came back and they said, oh, well, we don't have the resources to put that together. And I said, really? Wow. When I had my whistleblower friend who works at HHS do it, it took her about a day. <laughs> One person took her about a day. And you don't have the resources. Okay, look, I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay all expenses if, if that's the problem. And you know what they said in response? Tell me. They didn't reply. Oh, okay. Crickets. What, what a surprise. It's so what bloody obvious. It's so bloody obvious. How do they think that you would ever be fooled by that? I suppose it doesn't matter to them, does it? Yeah. So back to your questions on science. The first thing you want to do is you want to set the data free. You, want, you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? No, I have Show me the money. There's a oh, famous I know, scene from I know, I know the saying, though. Yeah. 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 Where he says, Jerry, show me the money. Show me the money. You know, I want to see the, 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 the contract that you're going to get me, right? Because this is an athlete who's saying this, and he's talking to his agent, and he wants the agent to show him the money. Well, here, it show me the data, right? So any good scientist would first want to see the data and would, of course, want to make the, the if you're a champion of science, you want to make the data public. So that everyone, so to prove that you're not hiding anything. And then the second thing you do is you say, I have two hypotheses. One is the vaccine is the biggest killer of all time. Uh, Or the vaccine's safe and effective and it prevents you from dying from COVID and reduces your chance of dying from COVID by 10x. And then all you do is you look at the data and you say, hey, all right, which hypothesis does the data match up better? the one that says it's killing lots of people or the one that says it's saving lots of people. And you can't look at the data and with a straight face and say it's saving lots of people. That's the problem. So that's why, that's why the U.S. government's not releasing the data. That's why no government in the entire world is releasing the data. And it's why no state is releasing the data. And not even that, it, there is no county and there are thousands of counties in America, maybe it's 1,500, um, and not a single one of them is releasing the death vax records, and they could. Mm. There is no, uh, you know, unless there's, there's, there's some law in their state, but um, yeah, they, they, they could release it. Yeah, but the numbers- nobody, nobody, wants to, nobody wants to release the data. The numbers pile up. The anecdotes become just too awesomely big to ignore. I've got a feeling that's kind of happening now. So, so yeah. So what happens? Well, it's more the lack of success give, anecdotes, right? right? It's more the lack of success anecdotes and, and the and 
and that there are so many of these anecdotes showing it, it goes the other way. By the way, there are over 3,000, I was right, there are over 3,000 counties in America today. And any one of them could publish the data, and not a single one does. What does that tell you? (laughs) It's it's the quiet bit out loud um, right there. Uh, And then you've got uh, the whole medical industrial complex. We're seeing it here. I want to talk about the revolving door. But people who you'd expect normally to have something to say uh, are completely silent. And that must challenge their, you know, their moral compass uh, and their conscience. It must, yes. But there's such a force going back the other way that that they remain silent. Is that some kind of psychological condition more than just a... No, no. Well, it's... um, there. People fall into different camps who work for hospitals. They're the people who know what's going on and see what's going on. And they stay silent because they want to keep their job. They have a mortgage to pay. They have a family to feed. I don't blame them. Hmm. Right? If they go out, they, they lose their job. They lose their hospital privileges. They'll lose their license to practice medicine. And and they'll lose a lot of friends. So, hey, why should it be me that blows the whistle on this? And so they wait for the other guy to do it. Right. Now, there are other people who are suspicious, right? Because they see all this stuff happening that shouldn't happen. And so they go to their boss and they say, hey, like, why are there 15, why are there you know, 10, 15 year olds who are dying from heart or in the stroke just suffered from a heart attack, right? Stroke ward this week. That seems kind of odd. And, and then the boss says, well, you know, it is odd, but until we can have a causality link proven in the peer reviewed literature, it would not be proper for us to speculate about that until it, there's a paper in the peer reviewed literature where we can tell people, yes, uh, this is scientifically uh, shown that the vaccine causes this stuff. Because you don't want to panic people if there's no data in the scientific literature. And what happens, of course, in the scientific literature is that if a paper goes against the narrative, it doesn't get published. Or if it does get published, like Mark Skidmore's paper that showed that over 200,000 people died from the vaccine in America in 2021. I mean, that's insane. The government, the US government basically killed 200,000 people in a year. And so his paper got retracted by the journal. (laughs) And I wrote the journal, I said, wow, what was so bad about this paper that it couldn't be corrected? And I never heard back. Uh, so that's just the the way to deal with it. We just don't reply. Doesn't matter if it's New yeah, Zealand or there. Just, uh, yeah, don't you know, it's like the uh, yeah, it's like in Canada. There's this uh, Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons. The I, I forget that acronym that they, they used for it. Um, and um, these guys are uh, uh, they actually 
invited this guy who is responsible for the disinformation dozen list. And so he came to, this is the CP, it's the CPSO. Canadian, uh, the, uh, let's see, uh, uh, physician, oh, uh, Canadian physicians and surgeons of Ontario, something like that. And, uh, so they invited this guy who's, uh, who's head of this organization that came up with the disinformation dozen list to speak. And they're like promoting this on their website saying, Hey, you know, we have this and disinformation is a problem and all this. So, so I contacted them and I said, you know, hey, you know, you could be the hero here. You guys really want to end disinformation. I can tell because you're spending a lot of time on it. Why don't you just, why don't, why don't we just have a, like a video call and you can just answer my questions. Like, you know, hey, if the vaccine's not causing this, I'm just not seeing it. Neither of any of my friends, you know, like Ryan Cole's like looking at cells. He's looking at dead people. And every person, every dead person that is suspected of dying from the vaccine, he runs the stains on them and he finds all of these uh, T cell um, uh, or the, the, um, uh, these uh, lymphocytic uh, cells, lymphocytic in, the infiltrates in all these tissues. And like there's just a paper from Japan that came out 14 year old dies and he's got, he is infiltrated. In like all his organs, all his major organs, they examine this kid and they find, man, the vaccine basically shut down all of the kid's organs. Now, how is this happening in a 14-year-old? I mean, that has got to make, you know, like, I, I don't know how you can ignore this stuff. Right? I really don't, right? To bring down a 14-year-old is nearly impossible. A healthy 14-year-old and this kid died after shortly after getting the vax and there's this paper out in Japan and and this is on my twitter feed if anyone wants to look at it um the uh at, and and so this paper out of Japan says man we found infiltrates in this 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 this, this organ and it's like duh and like and you think that this is not happening in other people it's it's likely happening in everybody. And Vinay Prasad, he did a YouTube video on this uh, study um, in, in Switzerland. And it was pretty devastating. And this is Vinay Prasad. He's a, he's a professor at UCSF. He, you can't say he's a misinformation spreader. And, and he's showing you these graphs where the curves are shifted to the right. And it's the interpretation, the, the only interpretation of that is everybody is getting heart damage from these vaccines. Gosh. Now, a lot, a lot of people will have minor amounts and they won't notice it, but everybody's heart is being damaged by these vaccines. You, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No, but, you can't. No. <laughs> you know, and, and nobody's disproved it. I mean, the, the data is clear. And, and Vinay Prasad, who is really picky about, um, the studies that he looks at, like he can find a hole in studies like like nobody else can. And so he says, man, this was this study was really, really well done. I was really, he said, I was really impressed by the, the, the study. You know, they did it very carefully, blah, blah, blah. They did it exactly the, the way they should have. And, and it showed that everybody has a little bit of heart damage. Man, oh, man. 
on a train wreck. You know, I don't know how, the, you know, this is why Sean Plunkett won't let me speak on his show. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, Hey, if it goes against what you believe, the only thing you can do is attack the person because you can't attack the data. Right. So you either have to silence the person who's delivering the message. Or in Sean's case, you just talk over him so well, that you haven't got well, actually, it was a bit, it was a bit more than that, Stevie. He tried to portray you as some kind of crackpot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept saying, Sean, but the data shows this. And you see, Sean is resorting to ad hominem attacks. Yeah. And when they resort to ad hominem attacks, it means that they can't attack you on the merits of your argument. So they have to attack you on a personal level to discredit you because they can't attack your arguments. I kept saying, Sean, hey, check out the paper. <laughs> Sean, check out the data. Sean, how do you explain this data? You know, and he said, well, you, sir, are a you know, misinformation spread. I'm like, you know, that's, that's irrelevant. Yeah, the numbers um, have a life of their own. You mentioned just before, you know, the disinformation dozen and uh, you know, misinformation spreader. It's got the sort of it's got a disease kind of connotation to it, or it's like yeah, a maybe there's a vaccine for that. The, the bad take a vaccine for that. <laughs> the baddies, you know, the, the 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 dirty dozen or something. So you know, again, that that is a willful discrediting. It's kind of nasty. It's not just saying these people are wrong or they've got the you know the the, the, the misinterpreting things. They're actually going on the attack to be nasty, which is which is is not very professional, it's not collegial. It's, is that, um, again, part of the psychology of, of denial or to be that aggressive? It's, it's the only way that, that they can live with themselves of the cognitive dissonance, right? Because it's like DeMar Hamlin. And like even in New Zealand, you guys have heard what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, yeah. We were very well aware okay. of that story. Well, All by right, that, yeah. was that a, a deep fake? <laughs> was that him yeah. in the hoodie? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. But that looked really weird to but, me. But anyway. the point is that he goes on camera and he's asked um, by Michael Strahan, he's asked a direct question. He said, so what did your doctor say? <laughs> and DeMar Hamlin said, well, I don't want to, you know, get into that. I'd rather not get into that. And that's because DeMar Hamlin is suffering from cognitive dissonance because the NFL said safe and effective. And his doctors told, told him, hey, the safe and effective vaccine nearly killed you. So DeMar Hamlin is caught in the middle. The NFL says safe and effective. Doctors are saying it killed you. And so DeMar Hamlin doesn't know what to do. And that's why... He's perplexed. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to say uh, the NFL was wrong because he doesn't want to go against the NFL. He doesn't want to say his doctors are wrong because he doesn't want to go against his doctors. So he's caught in the middle of this, and so th the way he handles it, he's not going to piss off anybody if he says I'd rather not get into it, right? And you know. You know, right then and there, when he avoid when he ducked that question, you know the answer. Yeah, the guy's vaccine injured. It's There's obvious. no question about it. There is no question. Anybody with a brain knows Damar Hamlin is vaccine injured.
What about um, and and by the way, uh, I'll take yeah. bets on this, right? If anybody wants to bet, me, million I, million bucks, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, a million U.S. dollars, yeah. Okay. Anybody, anybody in New Zealand want to take me up on that? Not me. I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah um, talk, talk to talk to Paul. He knows how to contact me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as there's a commission. Um, uh, the, the treatment protocols, because here in New Zealand, we were slightly behind all the rollouts, the rest of the country, and we did have information available that called into question safe and effective, even though that was being promoted at the time. And and people were aware of that. And I'm sure our politicians and, and, and scientific people had heard about that. Yet uh, the therapeutics that turned out to what well, seems have some sort of effect were obviously banned and demonized, horsey wormer and all of that sort of stuff. And I've read quite a bit about the treatment protocols in U.S. hospitals, treating with people that suppress, that have got a respiratory problem, so-called with, with breathing suppressing drugs. How, how do you explain, you know, doing the opposite of effective? Again, is this some sort of cognitive dissonance or... I mean, how do you explain getting it so wrong? How do we explain that? Uh, what happens is the health authorities throughout the world basically follow what the CDC does. And the CDC follows what Fauci says. And so everybody's taking marching orders that uh, the vaccines are the way to go and early treatments don't work. So look, doesn't matter that there are early treatment protocols that have existed since March of 2022. Sorry, 2020. In other words, when COVID first hit, shortly thereafter, we had treatment protocols where nobody was hospitalized or dead. Those treatment protocols never saw the light of day because Fauci wanted the vaccines to be the answer. He wanted to be the hero. And so he said, early treatment doesn't work. And they sabotaged the, the trials or said, oh, they were underpowered or whatever. There are like 50 ivermectin trials showing benefit. And they said, well, that's not enough. I mean, come on. So, Paul, when was the last time you saw 50 trials all positive on a drug and it didn't work? Well, I haven't seen many trials, but I imagine it's a pretty rare thing. It's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> so why would they ignore all the ivermectin data? Well, they ignored the ivermectin data because if there was an existing drug that was uh, that could successfully treat COVID, then the vaccines wouldn't be able to get an EUA. And well, that so, makes sense. But again, the, yeah. the, the preparedness of, of, of being being prepared to throw people under the bus like that is just, you know, it's so immoral. Yeah, but they're thinking they're doing the right thing, right? Because they're they're not looking at these 50 ivermectin trials. It might have been 40, but you know, it's 40 or 50 ivermectin trials. Not looking at that. They're not looking at any of the peer-reviewed journals that published the, the meta-analysis and systematic review of uh, ivermectin saying it's effective. And that's the gold standard for evidence-based medicine. So they're not looking at any of that. They're only looking at, well, does the CDC recommend it? And and if not, then then we can't use it. And so they're just buying it lock, stock, and barrel, this whole narrative 
uh, and, and just following what the authorities say. And nobody's looking at these early treatments. In fact, if you try to give out the early treatments like Merrill Nass did, for example, you get a phone call from your medical boards wanting to take your license away. So everybody's scared as shit um, in uh, uh, doing these early treatment stuff because they don't want to lose their the ability to practice medicine. And so they're just going with uh, what the authorities say, which is, you know, stay home. If you get really sick, we'll take you in the hospital. We'll give you remdesivir. And if that doesn't kill you, you know, we'll, we'll give you some other drugs that will. And then we'll be able to, to get a you know huge monetary bonus from the government for killing you because we're the government is rewarding people in the United States of America. The government rewards hospitals that kill people. See, that's like incredible. if you if you Can't go into a on. check into a hospital with COVID and you get out alive, like there's no compensation from the government for that. It's only if you end up dead that the hospital gets paid. So hey. So they, they follow the remdesivir program. They kill the patient. They get lots of money. That's why there's so many COVID deaths. Okay. And that um, that helps too, because that that bloats that particular statistic and makes the uh, the argument for the, the vaccine and and well, uh, exactly. canning the, the vaccine. Um, early treatments, et cetera. Get the vaccine. And of course, the vaccines never kill you because we, we never do any of the autopsy studies that would show that. The- Isn't that amazing? A lot of, you know, talk now, <clears throat> it's been around for a while, of the conflicts of interest in this. And they are supersized, really, aren't they? they, they I mean, the, the solar system-sized, really. Uh, it, it's really basically a revolving door. We have it here with a couple of our health officials that are, you know, it, it, it's so easy to say they are so compromised by conflicts of interest. Yeah, this has been so tolerated and... And people haven't had the opportunity, I don't know, to put that peace part into this, because that's that's an obvious thing when it comes to motive, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to ascribe a motive that they're they're doing this to kill people. Well, to be willfully blind to the obvious. Yeah, um, the motive there is just a part of it's brainwashing, and part of it is um, I, I mean, the, they're they're Leave either, they either want to keep well. their, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they either want to keep their job or they don't see it because they're brainwashed. They're thinking like safe and effective. This is weird. This is weird. This is weird. Safe and effective. This is weird. Can't be the vaccine. I wonder what's causing this. Can't be the vaccine. I wonder what's causing this. Right. Or, wow, I know what's going on, but I don't want to lose my job by speaking out. Right. Those are the the, the, the two kinds of people. But if you're part of that revolving door, you know that, that you are conflicted, yet you're quite happy to live with that. Um. Yep. You're, but you have no choice, right? Because it, it's not like society gives you a choice. They don't give you a choice to opt out here, right? You're, you're up against a huge narrative, right? I had to quit my job as a high-tech executive. I'm not even in the, the medical field. I had to quit my job as a high-tech executive 
because there was a big customer who said, well, your CEO's anti-vax and we're not going to do any uh, business with any company that is against science. Here we go. Yeah. Follow the science. So it's like, yeah. So I had a, I gave up my job. I gave up my sole source of income. Well, not sole source, but yeah, I mean, sole, sole source of sort of working income. Yeah, but you were prepared to do that. You had moral fortitude, right? I did, and I had made enough that I could um, essentially retire. So, uh, so I was in a position where I could make the call to do the right thing, whereas most other people who are you know currently working as doctors aren't in a position to do that. And it's very, very devastating to them. Uh, my feeling is that this has got to catch up with those people at some point, and it might not be too pretty. Uh, do you yep. share that view? Um, I think they'll ask for forgiveness. They'll say, hey, I'm caught, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. My first duty is to my family. I, w- I just did what I was told. Yeah, but that's what, you know, the end of the... Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> the, yeah, I know. Th- that was similar. And and yep, that, yep. you know, people weren't very impressed with that. Um, and- um, yeah, I'm just telling you what, what they're going to say, right? Because what else could they say? Yeah. Is there uh, enough um, steel in the institutions of state in, in, in all of our countries, do you think, to find appropriate accountability or can we sort of forget notions of that? Do you think? Mm. I think there we'll see a finger of pointing phase. How far off do you think? When's that going to start? Or is it already underway? I think it's starting already, right? You had Carl Lauterbach, who's the, uh, the minister for health in Germany saying, I didn't sign those contracts. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Yeah. And, hey, you know, the rate of injury is 1 in 10,000. 10, no, it's not. Well, what is it? What is it? Do we know? Oh, man. It is serious injury. Yeah. 7.7 in 100. Wow. <laughs> and an eight, 8 out of 100. Almost 1 out of 10. Well, that's how come I know people. Serious injury. Yeah, that's why you know so many people. In fact, Wayne Root had a wedding, invited 200 friends. He heard about deaths and disability and only from his friends who were vaccinated. And there were like seven deaths in a year in that group. And they were all vaccinated. Just a coincidence, and, Steve. Come and on. His, and his and his his friend network is like fifty vaxxed, fifty unvaxxed. Yeah. So you explain that to me. And there were no deaths in the unvaccinated group, and they're the same ages. Explain that. Well, there you go. So there you on, go. On the numbers, then. Um, I know we're sort of kind of ranging all over the place here, but I mean, these, these are things that are going to. These questions. One, it's come. basically one out of a thousand will be killed by the vaccine. So when you give 13 billion doses worldwide, yeah. there you go. You're going to see 13 million deaths. 
from the vaccine. And they're going to look like, oh, he died from a heart attack. Oh, he died from a stroke. Oh, he died from a pulmonary embolism. Oh, he died from a DVT. They'll be classified as all these other things because the vaccine leaves a calling card, but nobody is looking for it. So nobody will spot it. So you'll have millions of people who were killed by the vaccine and nobody will know. Now, that's a little hard to ignore. 13 million people been killed mm-hmm. by the vaccine worldwide. Man, oh man, it's going to catch up with people sooner or later because you can't hide from the truth. Although they've done a really good job of hiding from the truth that the vaccine causes cause autism. There is no doubt that vaccines cause autism. There are really good studies showing this. And yet the CDC says, no, no, <laughs> there's no relation. And, and isn't it great that the CDC instructed one of their top scientists to destroy all the records that would link autism and vaccines? Because if you destroy the records, then we could say, then they could say, hey, we didn't know. We, we never saw the data. It's like when I went up to um, Grace uh, Grace Lee. Boy, it's been a long time since I've talked to her. <laughs> I've never talked to her, actually, other than in the uh, ACIP meetings. And uh, so I asked her, hey, do you want to see the Israeli safety data? It's There is a secret recording made. And it's where the scientists are reporting the vaccines are actually not so safe after all. And the Israeli Ministry of Health is like ignoring it, but you'd probably want to see it because you're a, you're a scientist and you want to see data. And this is this is first class stuff from top scientists in Israel. It's highly respected. I mean, can't get better than this. She basically ran uh, from that. She called the cops. I don't want to answer that question. Do you want to see the data? I mean, I'm, you know, at that point, you know, if there were, if there was any doubt, if there was even a sliver of doubt in my mind that these people are really corrupt, that doubt was erased when the cop handed her the note that said, do you want to see the Israeli safety data? Here's my phone number. Call me if you want to see the data. And I never got a call. So when you have a top official, she's the head of the ASIP committee, which is the outside uh, committee for approving vaccines for the CDC. So the buck stops at her committee. When you have somebody like that who runs away and calls the cops, when, when approached by someone with data that would basically show that they have been pushing a dangerous vaccine on Americans. That's not a scientist who's doing this because a scientist would want to know the facts and a scientist would want to see the data. There is no reason that Grace Lee 
would refuse to see the data. And the fact that she not only refused, but she called the cops tells you everything you need to know about how corrupt the system is that we have today. And I invite Grace Lee to defend herself and explain why she didn't want to see the Israeli Ministry of Health video where the scientists were talking to the Israeli Ministry of Health officials reporting the results of their study, which had been commissioned by the Israeli Ministry of Health. This is like the most damaging leak in the whole pandemic. And nah, don't want to see it. I mean, there is no rock that is big enough for Stanford professor Grace Lee to hide under. And maybe you should invite her on your show. We, we could so try. That she could defend herself. I <laughs> <laughs> call the and, cops on it. <laughs> and and if and if she shows up, let me know. Yeah, I'd you be, just I, you, I can I can guarantee you that she will never be on your show. It's yeah, almost worthless to call, but you should do it anyway, just so you say we tried. More chance of the Earth being flat. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, that's you're probably right about that. Uh, you just as you're describing her behaviour, um, I don't know if you saw the the video of uh, the uh, English MP and his speech to the Parliament. Oh, oh and, yeah, and, to and the MP. Them, there was empty Parliament. Was, was empty, but the, the shot before he, as he was standing up had these guys sort of like crouching over and running out like rats leaving a ship. You know, yeah, it, it or was, cockroaches. Yeah, cockroaches, cockroaches scattering yeah. when you yeah. turn on the lights. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, like you lifted the rock off and they're running off. Yeah, it's again it, it, so it, in your face, bloody obvious. Yep, uh, and and comedic in a way, in a sick sort of way, but it was funny. Yeah, to watch, in a yeah. sick sort of way. Yep, absolutely. All right, All right. so <clears throat> I think we've 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 ranged over the main points. Um, news reporting now, we could safely say, when it comes to this, is actually propaganda, isn't it? I mean, we can we can call it propaganda. Uh, well, you'd call it news, you'd call it objective if you heard from both sides equally. Yeah. yeah. No, but there are words, there are key words that are always inserted. Down here, it's experts. And um, uh, what, what, I'm trying to think a few, uh, of a few of the other ones. Um, yeah, well, non non peer reviewed comes up all the time. Um, yeah. That's always a, a, a key phrase, uh, and there are a few others. You know, the, the same words, <clears throat> excuse me, are being used all the time, relentlessly. Yep. Yeah, debunked. <laughs> yeah, fact checked. Yeah, well, that's a meaningless term now, isn't it? I. I'd love, hey, if you can get a fact checker on your program, uh, call me. I want to. Well, who are they anyway? Surprise business. Oh, they're, they're these people that, that are hired by these fact checking organizations. Yeah. Um, it, it's so it's so clown world. Okay. So where we're at now, you've probably <clears throat> got a, a great sort of view on this. Uh, 
How long do you think it's going to take to work through the aftermath of this? Will there ever be a return to normality? Because here just last weekend, they were going hard out promoting the bivalent booster. And our Prime Minister and Minister of Health, there they were on the TV news, rolling up their sleeves, getting the vax. Here's the thing. Would a leader of a country that suspected there could be an adverse reaction from taking this booster, and, and, and our current Prime Minister was before he became Prime Minister, before Jacinda, he was the guy managing the whole response type of government. Would you take that on camera if there's a possibility of a bad outcome? Because you don't want that on, on video. So I'm wondering if they even take these things. I think they do. I think they do because they see, they believe it's safe and effective. They, they don't believe that it can cause any kind of adverse events and they totally believe it. So there's no risk to them because they think that it's risk free. Because okay. it's worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah. So how long do you think it will take to, to, to work through the, yeah, the uh, aftermath? Yeah. Any idea? Any kind? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we made a lot of progress. There's nobody going, there's nobody flipping that flips from being anti-vaccine to pro-vaccine. Like you can't name a prominent person who, you know, like Peter McCullough. Oh, I just read the headlines. Peter McCullough now says vaccine is safe and he was wrong. Like, that's not no, going to happen. I haven't seen that. Oh, you gave me a bit of a fright. <laughs> I thought I might have yeah. missed that one. <laughs> yeah, right. We've got him yeah, on, our, no. our, on our program in the next uh, day yeah, or so. No. Yeah, not going to happen. Wow. Um, this is a cluster beep, right? Of epic proportions. It really is, isn't it? It's um, pretty. Uh, we haven't seen anything like this ever. That's well put. And, and the point about friends deserting. Um, yeah. That will be a common experience for. It's almost like a great separation of people, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the other thing is that I have yet to see one of my friends come to me and apologize. Oh, right. Good point. Oh, hey, you were right. And I was wrong. I'm sorry. I didn't believe you. I should have listened. Well, I don't think any of us are hanging out for that. Yep. Yeah, we, we, you, you don't want to hold your breath on that one. Oh, by the way, is the offer still um, uh, to Sean for the debate and the money's still up there? <laughs> oh, sure. Anytime. That looked like it was going to be something, but then it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Sean was saying, I, I, you know, first he said I accept and then he backed down. Yeah, was there any further explanation, comms to you? No, no, okay. no, 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 of course not. I never, I'm always the last to know on this stuff. <laughs> hey, Steve, thanks for coming on our program. It's been uh, really sure. cool to chat with you. And um, I sound like a bit of a grovelly here, but thanks for doing the work you've done. Because I think it's been informing to so many people. And to have someone get across the data like that and sort of bring it all together on behalf of a lot of us, that, that's a big effort. So thank you for that. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Now you can send me something for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if people want to follow me, yeah, cool. I'm on Twitter at ST Kirsch and I'm on uh, Substack at stevekirsch.substack.com. Do you think you'll be so, paying a visit to us again sometime? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I could, 
you know, have a, get an invite to speak to your legislature. Good luck with that. Something. Good luck with that. Okay. Steve I shouldn't hold my breath on that one. No, not for too long. <laughs> you'll you'll, you'll probably right. go with a shade of blue trying that one. All right. All hey, right. thanks for, for coming on the program, and uh, sure. well, maybe we'll catch up again soon. Steve Kirsch. Yep. Thanks, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.